up as they're receiving the offering and uh, make our confession. I'm glad to be home. I enjoyed Florida. I don't know why, but it snowed the day I got home and it's rained ever since. Hallelujah. <laughs> that could make you want to go back. But uh, I'm always glad to be back doing what God gave me to do. I'm thankful for vacation, but uh, I like to be about the Father's business. How many of you like to be about the Father's business? Hallelujah. It can be a vacation if we learn to do it right. We'll talk about that later. Okay, here we go. Let's say this. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Therefore, say this, therefore, I walk by faith and not by sight. I have been translated out of this world into the kingdom of God, where his principles and his principles alone work for me. I have to walk by faith because that's the way God called me to live, by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God, um, I just, when I was praying this morning, I tell you, you all need to thank God. Everybody say, thank you, God. Because there's so much you can teach on faith. <clears throat> that who, Where do you begin? So uh, the last time I was supposed to share, which was a couple of weeks ago, I asked the Lord and I felt, he said, start with unity, the unity of faith. We all have to walk in the unity of faith. We have to know what the Holy Spirit's saying. And the Holy Spirit, in his directing us, tells us all the same things so we can all walk together the same way. Now, we may not do it the same way, so we may not agree maybe with the way somebody's doing things, but the Spirit of God, everybody say the Spirit of God, is not double-minded and is not confused. So when God speaks to us, when he speaks to my husband, when he speaks to me, I may not hear what he heard when he heard it, but if I just pray and wait, the Holy Spirit will show me what he sees so that we can walk together to accomplish the plan of God. God wants us to accomplish things, and so we have to hear what he says so that we can walk with him and do what he wants us to do. And we talked about that unity. Um, on a Sunday back in January, I shared this word, and I don't know how many of you maybe weren't here. Uh, I know some of you were, but the word that God gave me for 2018 was increase your faith. And when I first heard it, I thought, well, God has dealt to every person a measure of faith. And so, you know, what we've been given, uh, it doesn't, you know, just like love, it doesn't increase but what increases is my ability to walk in the faith that God's given me. So increasing my faith puts me in a position where I'm going to have to walk in things that I've not done before. That's what, that will increase my faith. If I just keep doing the same thing, my faith isn't going to increase because I have confidence in God for a lot of things. You know, you don't walk with God for 40 years and not grow some. some. But there are new things. Everybody say new things that God wants to do in the earth. And that's why no matter where you're at when you walk with the Lord, no matter how many years you've been saved or how few uh, months you've been saved, there's something that God wants to do in your life to increase your faith. 
because the just shall live by faith. Romans, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And that's the scripture really that we started with when, when I started this series. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And then verse 17, the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by by what? By faith. The scripture says it is through faith that a righteous man has faith. The Bible says in the New King James, the just shall live by faith. And we are the righteous, the righteous, the just. We've been justified by God. So this series really is to talk about faith. Last time it was unity. Today we are going to talk about breakthrough faith. How many of you need a breakthrough? <laughs> You know, uh, when, I, when I woke up this morning, I said, okay, Lord, it's your turn. What, what are we talking about tonight? I count on God for a lot of things because I know I can't do a lot of things in my own ability. And I could teach on faith for a long time because I've lived by faith. I've learned to walk by faith. But I want to know what God's saying tonight. Everybody say tonight. And I believe this is the word breakthrough faith. Uh, breakthroughs happen in the spirit, not the flesh. And faith is of the spirit. Uh, fear is of the flesh. And, and there's always that warring that's going to go on, just like our, our, our spirit wars against our flesh, and it talks about it in Galatians chapter 5, how our spirit wars with our flesh all the time. Well, faith and fear war too. And breakthrough in our life oftentimes requires us uh, overcoming fear. But the way we overcome it is by faith. We can't do it in our flesh. Uh, we can feel fear. Everybody uh, has emotions. We can feel fear, but we don't have to submit to fear. We can walk by faith and not by sight or by feelings or by our emotions. And uh, as I was thinking about this, um, it, I want to get my right notes here. I had my other one here. Uh, I want to go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And really, I, I thought I would start here the first time, but I don't think I've been there yet. I've mentioned the scripture. You all know the scripture. But we're going to look at Hebrews 11 tonight. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the men of old obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the universe was framed by the word of God so that things that were seen were not made out of things which are visible. In other words, I'm reading from this uh, modern English version, and they don't have that up there to put up for you. But um, what, it, what it's basically saying is when you walk by faith, you're walking in the spiritual realm. You're not walking in the natural realm. Because faith has to do with spiritual things. It has to do with things that God wants to do of the spirit that in the flesh we cannot accomplish unless God intervenes. How many of you know if you need a breakthrough, you need God to intervene? Because there's a lot of things that we can't do in our own, in our own flesh. And so that's what I want to talk to you tonight. We're going to talk about Gideon. But uh, if you look at the whole book of Hebrews, it's a book about faith, but it's really a book about breakthroughs in people's lives. It says that Sarah received the strength to conceive uh, Isaac, 
by, by faith, really. That, that couldn't have been done in the natural. That was a supernatural event. And so all of the things that you read in that whole chapter, and it's by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah, by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah, by faith Moses. All these things are by faith. Everybody say, by faith. So as we look at this, I want us to go to Judges. And, excuse me, Vicki, if you just bring up um, Judges 6 and then just kind of follow along with me. Um, I, I know this story, and you probably know this story really well. But I think it has to do with us and how we uh, learn to go by faith and not by sight. And it says in, in Judges 6, and, and this is a teaching night, so I'm going to do a lot of reading of the word. But if you listen, God is going to speak to you. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord gave them into the hands of the Midians for seven years. The hand of the Midians dominated Israel, and because of Midian, the children of Israel made hiding places for themselves in mountains, caves, and strongholds. You know, a lot of people are living in those places, in places where because they made a wrong decision, my husband taught Sunday on wrong choices and right choices, and that we need to make right choices, but I'm in the group that has made wrong choices, I've made right choices, but I've made wrong ones. And I have been in a place where I feel like I'm in captivity, where I feel like I can't get out of that place. And I need a breakthrough. I need someone to help me get out of that place. How many of you have ever been in that situation? We, we've gotten in that place. That's where Israel is. And that what would happen is whenever Israel, verse 3, would plant crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, the people from the east would come and, and up against them. And it says, I'm just going to paraphrase from here, they would, they would destroy their crops. And it says in my Bible, uh, they did not leave any provision behind in Israel, for they came with their livestock and tents like a swarm of locusts. And how many of you have ever felt like a swarm of locusts is, has it descended on you? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and that can happen when we get in that position where we're not supposed to be there. And in that place, there are enemies. There, there are swarms of things that come against us. So it says in verse 7, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Everybody say, cry out to the Lord. You know, that's, that's the first step of faith is to recognize there's somebody who will help you, and that's the Lord. And it says, they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, and the Lord sent them a prophet who said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt out of that place of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of Egypt and all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave, their, gave you their lands. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not, everybody say do not, do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but you have disobeyed me. You know, and some people live in that state. Well, I disobeyed God, so it's over for me. But that's not true. Everybody say, that's not true. When God lets you know you've missed it, you can still walk by faith. Because God will come again and remind you of who you are. Because you cannot get out of where you are thinking about who you are in the flesh. You have to begin to think about who you are based upon the word of God. The just, the justified, the righteous shall live by faith and not by sight. So now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree in Ophrah belonging to Joash, the Ab Abiezite, right? I don't know how to say that. Anyway, Gideon, his son, was threshing wheat. 
<clears throat> in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, this is the first thing God will say to you to get you on a place of walking by faith. The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Now, I may not use those words, but what God is going to do is tell you who you are. Right, do you understand that? To walk by faith, you have to know who you are. And this was Midian's, this was Gideon's response. Oh, my Lord. Now, this, this is true, I believe, of all human nature. When something's gone wrong and maybe we're the one responsible, we always try to figure out what God didn't do to make it be all right or what somebody else didn't do. And we can't walk by faith like that. We have to acknowledge that we have the problem. Everybody say, I have the problem. A lot of people are not walking by faith because they aren't recognizing who they are. They're, they're thinking about who this person is and what they did to them or why they can't do this because of this situation over here. They're not thinking about who God made them to be. And that's the first thing God says when he wants you to walk by faith. He tells you who you are. Because you cannot walk by faith. You cannot live a spiritual principle in a flesh body. You have to use your spirit. Everybody say, use your spirit to walk by faith. And so that Gideon's thing is, where, uh, if you're with us, then why has all this happened to us? Anybody ever said that? Sound familiar? <laughs> we're all human. You know, we're, you know, we're going to ask. Where are all his miracles that our fathers told us about? They said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? Yet now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. They're, he's... He's not taking any responsibility for what they did. He's just saying, look what the Lord did. Suddenly, he just, he got us in this horrible mess. And, and he hasn't done a thing that he said he was going to do. I believe there's a lot of people stuck. I believe that's what God said to me. A lot of people are stuck because they haven't looked at what they've done to get themselves in that position where they think they they're trying to walk by faith, and they're not walking by faith. They're expecting God to do something that they got to fix something before God does it. I'll just move on from there. You'll see as we go. Then the Lord turned to him, and he didn't say, yes, you've been bad, and you've done wrong things. You know, God doesn't do that. When we've done something wrong, the spirit inside of us knows we've done something wrong. How many of you know when you've done something wrong, you know it? You don't need 16 people to line up to tell you. That doesn't help. What, look, what the, look what the Lord does next. He says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in this strength of yours. Well, he doesn't think he has any strength. Save Israel. Now he's talking about save your people. Save your people. You know, God may be speaking to some of you. Save your family. But in order to save your family, you've got to recognize maybe that you did something that caused the problem. It's really silent in here. But, he, but, but as, as God's mercy is there, everybody say mercy. God is trying to get Gideon to do something about what the people have done to themselves. And he says he's doing it because they cried out to the Lord. Everybody say cry out to the Lord. When you begin to walk by faith... Walking by faith, you have to walk by faith in right relationship with God. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about you've got to be doing the right things. 
There's a lot of Christians today who are doing the wrong things, and they know they're the wrong things, and they keep doing them, and they keep thinking God's going to do something. And the enemy is in the mix. God's trying to do something, but the way God's going to do something is when they recognize who they are in him, not who they are in the natural. Am I, am I making sense tonight? Okay. So God says again, go in this strength of yours. And he says, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Some of us have said that. Faith won't work thinking like this. Then he says, indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. What is he thinking? Flesh. Everybody say flesh. Now, we got the, the angel of the Lord's trying to talk spirit, and Gideon's talking flesh. There's not any faith being released right now because that those are opposing things, flesh and spirit. So the next thing is, then the Lord, then the Lord says to him again, I will be with you. God is always encouraging us, trying to help us to get in a position to walk by faith and not by sight. And so he said, I will, I will be with you, and you will strike the Midianites as one man. Now, these are the people that I just read to you about that come, and, uh, and they, they come, and they and their camels are too numerous to count. And this, this the Lord's trying to say to him, listen, it's all going to be all right because I'll be with you, and you're going to do this like one man. He, he can't see that. So he can't walk by faith and not by sight because how do you have to walk by faith in unity with God? And he hasn't got there yet. He isn't there yet. And so that's okay. God didn't give up on him. It says, and he said, if I have found favor in your sight, give me a sign. How many of you have asked God for a sign? God will help you. God will help you in your sincerity. Because he said, uh, please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my gift. And he goes ahead and to prepare a sacrifice for this man. And the angel of God says to him in verse 20, take the meat and the unleavened bread, lay it on this rock, and pour out the broth. And so he did. And the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand, touched the meat, unleavened flatbread, and unleavened flatbread. Fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread. The angel of the Lord departed from his sight. Then Gideon perceived. Now Gideon's starting to get in line and be able to walk by faith. Then Gideon perceived that it was indeed the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, oh, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. You will not die. Isn't that good news? Tonight, wherever you're at and whatever you're facing, you will not die. Everybody say, I will not die. We sing a song in Jesus' name, and it says, I will live, I will not die. When you, when you begin, when he, when he t makes this turn, when that fire hit that rock, he turned to the flat, from the flesh to the spirit and faith began to work in his life. How do I know? It says, that night the Lord said to him, take a bull from your father's herd and a second bull, seven years old, tear down your father's Baal altar. How many of you know sometimes it's hard to tear down something that belongs to people that you've respected and looked up to? The first thing God said, before you can do this, you're going to have to tear down 
some stuff. You're going to have to tear down your father's Baal. Sometimes there's people that we've looked to that God says, you're going to have to tear that stuff down. Because if your focus is going to be on them, you cannot walk by faith. You will not walk with me. You're going to follow. You're going to be susceptible to them. When I was a single mom, not, uh, I wasn't really very strong in the Lord yet. And uh, God moved me to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I said, God, why are you moving me away from everybody? I mean, you're moving me away from my mom and my dad. I was very close to my family. All my family was in business together. I was very close to them. God moved me 700 miles away, and I didn't have enough money to call somebody every day, and there was no FaceTime. By the way, it was a long time ago. And, uh, and so in that time, I, I couldn't even call anybody very often because I didn't have the money to call them. And God said to me, you're too connected to your family. You will never follow me until I break that connection. I thought, well, that's a terrible thing. That can't be God. He didn't say, I'm not going to let you love them. I'm not going to let you have a relationship. I'm not going to let you lean on them or have any connection to them in the flesh that will keep you from following me by the Spirit. Thought I would die. I had three kids. I was alone. I didn't have very much money. I thought, you know, I thought I was going crazy. Now I thought I was just plain going to die. We're going to starve because how am I going to do this? But in that place, God did separate me. Separated me from anybody who could be my source except him. And then I began to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. That was the beginning. When you learn to walk by faith, God will require of you separation from flesh. Because you cannot do what God's asking you to do if you're connected to authority in the flesh that is not who God wants speaking to you. He wants you to be able to do it with him. Now, it doesn't mean you're supposed to leave your husband or your wife or leave your kids. or It's not like that. It's, it's in your heart. Everybody say in your heart. You know, I love my husband, and I count on him for lots of things. But I want to tell you, when I get to heaven, he won't be with me. When I stand before Jesus, it's going to be about what I did. When you stand before Jesus, it's going to be about you. And what God, it says, according to Hebrews eleven six, it's faith that pleases God. Now, it does say God is a rewarder. Everybody say a rewarder. I believe my husband's going to share on that on Sunday about God and, and the rewarder that he is. But it has to do with faith. Everybody say faith. There is strength. When, when that angel said to him, your strength will be increased. Your strength is increased when you count on the Lord and not people. Amen? And faith has to operate in that realm. It does not operate in the flesh. And so that night he told him to take down, and he said, the, then build an altar to the Lord. And he, in this altar, he also had to tear down this Asherah pole beside it. And then he said, build the altar to the Lord, the God, your God, on top of this stronghold in an orderly way. Take the second bowl, offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. So he did it. But, but it says, he took 10 men from among his slaves and did as the Lord told him. But because he was too afraid of the rest of his father's household, the men of the city and the men of the city to do it, he did it at night. Day or night, just do it. Just do what God says to do. 
because everybody say that was faith. That was his first act of faith. He said, I am not counting on my father or my father's idols. I'm, I will do it. In the end, uh, he could have been, he, they wanted to kill him. They said, bring out your son that he may die. For he tore down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But his father said, let Baal fight for himself. Amen. You know, when you're resisted, when there's things that come against you, let that take care of itself. Don't get in it. Stay in faith. Everybody say, stay in faith. Stay in faith. And uh, as I was doing this, I've heard this story lots of time, but I didn't see it like this exactly. But um, God was getting ready to do something really big with Gideon. He was going to save his people through one man, Gideon. And so, you know, he had to be in a position where he, he would count on God above everything else. So the next thing is happens, then Gideon says to him, uh, it says, all the Midianites and Amalekites and the people of these gathered together, and they crossed over toward him. The Spirit of the Lord, verse 34, enveloped Gideon. He blew a ram's horn trumpet, and the Abizurites assembled behind him. Others came behind him, and Gideon said, if you will use my hands to save Israel. Now his thought has changed. He's not saying, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. He's saying, if you will save Israel through me, then I'm placing this fleece. I'm going to do another thing to make sure that this is really you. There's nothing wrong walking by faith to make sure you've heard from God. If God is speaking to you and he sees your heart, he will continue to, to show you and confirm to you, this is me, especially when it's something big like this. This is big for Gideon. For you, it may be giving. You know, maybe God's telling you, I want you to give like David's talking about. You're thinking, oh. Well, maybe you'll just give a little bit. And you'll give it and, and not say anything. You know, kind of like at night instead of in the daytime. Maybe you're going to do just a little bit of what God says. But just that little bit increases your faith. Because God will always show up. Because he wants you to grow in your faith. If, as you look at this, it goes on. He says, so he, he asked for this fleece. You know that fleece. If there is dew on the fleece only and all of the ground remains dry, then I'll know that you will save Israel by my hands, as you've said. Well, it happened. And then he said, now, Lord, don't, don't be upset with me uh, in verse 39. Uh, but please perform another test. Uh, one more time on this fleece. Let the fleece be the only dry and let there be dew on all the ground. So God did that for him. And it was just like God was saying, yep, it's me. When you get ready to walk by faith, God isn't going to be up there saying, I hope they make it. God's going to help you. Didn't he say, I will be with you to get in? I will be with you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to be with you. But you're going to have to walk by Faith and not by sight to do what I'm asking you to do. The next thing that happens, and this happens a lot, <clears throat> God, when you're walking by faith, the next thing that happened was God said, there's too many people here helping you do this. Isn't that lovely? I need all these people. You know, I mean, Gideon is just like you or me learning to walk with Jesus by faith. I mean, he's not experienced this before. He's been hiding in a wine press. And he's made it all this way to, I'm going to do it. 
and you've shown me by this fleece that it's you, and I'm ready to go. And the next thing they said, God says is, you have too many people with you for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel glorify themselves over me, saying, our own power saved us. When you're walking by faith and not by sight, the only person that's going to come out of that with any glory is God. It's only going to be that your agreement with God, but he's going to get all the glory. Everybody said he gets all the glory. And so if you know this story, he says, first he says, um, so now call out all the people and have them so they can hear. Whoever's afraid or anxious may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. You know why you don't want anybody walking with you by faith who's afraid or anxious? Because they're going to scare you before long. They're going to come up with something that will scare you. And you will drop your faith and go the other direction. And so he said, you're going to have to get, you guys go on home. 22,000 from among the people turned back. And 10,000 were left. I imagine he's thinking, well, that's pretty good, 10,000. Against all of those people that have camels and have been defeating us forever. And they're like locusts, so many locusts. Then the Lord says to Gideon, there's still too many people. Bring them down to the water and I'll test them for you there. <laughs> I don't imagine Gideon was wanting to test anybody. <laughs> He's probably glad to have 10,000. Aren't you glad when you have people around you saying, yay, raw, go, go, go. You've got it. You keep going. Yeah. Well, this bunch, there were some that lapped water the right way. They pulled the water up to their mouth. The others bent down and put their face in the water. How many of you know when you're going to battles, no time to have your head down? So, the number of those who lapped putting their hands to the mouth was 300 out of 10,000. The rest of the people knelt. With the 300, the Lord says to Gideon, who lapped to drink, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. All the rest of the people should go home. So the 300 men took provisions, ram's horns, trumpets in their, ram's horn trumpets in their hands, and Gideon sent all the other Israelite men to their tents, but he kept the 300. Um, I just love it that God is so good, though. That had to leave him wondering, how are we going to do this? 300 of us and me, the leader, who absolutely just came out of a wine press. I mean, I've hardly said anything about doing something for God, I was thinking that I was the weakest in all my clan. How many of you know that's you? You, you feel like that. I'm telling you, the reason God's having me share this is because God's getting ready to ask a lot of you something to do. And you're going to have to know, oh, I remember. If I'm going to do this, I have to walk by faith and not by sight. And it's going to require me to make some decisions my husband preached on Sunday, make right choices, and then I believe this word's coming right behind. God tells his people what he's going to do before he does it. He prepares us for what's coming. And so the next thing, the Midianite camp was below him in the valley. That night the Lord said to him, get up and go down into the camp for I've given it into your hands. Yet if you're, not, if you're afraid to go down, then go down to the camp with Purah, your servant. Listen to what they say. And afterward, you will be emboldened. What that means is to instill with boldness or courage to go down to the camp. So he went down to the camp. Now the Midianites, Amal Amalekites, and Kittimites covered the valley like locusts. 
and their camels could not be counted, for they were as numerous as grains of sand on the seashore. That's like you against all of the south side of Lafayette. Amen? That's a lot. Of, that's three different groups of enemies. And him and 300 people who have always been just as scared as him because they're from the same tribe. And so he goes down. Gideon came and overheard one man, heard one man who was telling his dream to another. And the man said, listen to the dream I had. I saw a dry cake of barley bread rolling into the Midianite camp. It rolled up to a tent, struck it. It fell down. It fell, turned upside down and collapsed. I get nothing out of that. Would you get anything out of that? The other man responded, this is none other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash the Israelite. God has given Midian and the whole camp into his hands. This is the enemy saying that. Amen? You know, the sword is the word of God. If you read, uh, you, will, you, you can read it in the word of God in Ephesians 6. It says the sword is the word of God. So Gideon's sword was the word of God. Now, he may have had a weapon, but his real sword was the word that God had given him. And it goes on, it says, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped. In other words, he said, praise the Lord. I am going to win. I am going to win. Everybody say, I'm going to win. See, God will do that for you. But it doesn't change the fact that when you open your eyes, there's still three armies with camels everywhere looking this the same way as it did before. That means when God gives you a word and says, you are going to be in a position where you're going to be able to help people financially, and you're going to, I heard this in my spirit several months. Oh, it's probably been two or three years ago. You are going to handle millions for me. I thought, well, right now I'm not getting a paycheck. Something's going to have to turn around really fast. But he didn't say it would be my millions. See, we get, our mind gets going, look, i got to look at my checkbook. No. God could give you money that you get to give to somebody else. I just had that happen not very long ago. And God said, this isn't for you. This is for you to give to somebody else. Now, just take it. And when I tell you to give it, give it. That is so much fun. But I believe this. As long as I do it, I'm going to get to get more. See, because then as soon as he sees I'm not going to keep it for myself, not disobey and do what he tells me to do, then he's going to give me more. So I can do more of that. And once he starts doing that, you will not want to keep it. I mean, you will be looking everywhere to give it to somebody. My husband and I, when we were in Florida, we had some extra money there. And uh, when we would go to breakfast, it was so much fun because my husband got a, a few $50 bills. Now, we're not wealthy, but God, we are not, we're, we're wealthy spiritually, but we're not, we don't have like a bank account that says that we could do this. But we have learned that this is being in a place where God can let people know he's real. He's really real because these things don't happen. And so we were in this restaurant. Every morning we went there, he gave us a different person. And all Bill had, we, we never got those $50 bills cashed. So I go, well, should I give him the whole 50? I go, yeah, I'll give it to him. Let's see. Let him know. God cares about him. It's so much fun. It's so much fun because 
We couldn't do that years ago. I mean, I couldn't do that when I was a single mom. And God tells me to walk by faith and says, you're only going to live. You're going give to me, give me 20% of what you've got instead of 10. When I asked that I could have a raise, he said, give me 20. And then I had less. No, you know what? He doubled my, he doubled my income month after month so I could do that. And I, everybody say, that'll grow your faith. But I had to do it before I got it. I didn't have it till I did it. So Gideon, he's in this place, but God is, keeps encouraging him. And so we did that. You would not believe the, 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 look, uh, this one waiter, he kissed me. <laughs> he did on Valentine's Day. My husband said, happy Valentine's Day. God wants you to have this. He looked at Bill and then he hugged me and kisses me. I thought, well, this is working really good. I mean, this is, people are really blessed. A stranger's not going to go kiss some old lady just because she gave me my big tip. It, you know, it's like what it does is it causes people to, to respond. Love causes people to respond, you know. And it's not about the money. It's about that somebody give me something. I didn't deserve it. You know, it's not, it, you know, they give you that thing in restaurants. At the bottom it says this much for 5, this much for 10%, this much 15, this much 20. Well, you know, uh, it, it, you know, when you give them double the bill, it's like that ain't on the paper. But it's in God's heart when he wants to touch somebody. And I don't share that because of us, because we weren't able to do that for a long time. But the little things that we did, I know now, are why God does that. And we could have kept that money that people gave us. But God told us, no, do this. He told my husband, do this, and I'll show you what to do. Do you, you know why that's happening? Because there's some big army <laughs> that we're probably going to have to fight somewhere along the way. <laughs> It's, this is a real joy today, but talk to me about three months from now when I tell you what the army looked like. But, you know, if, if I have to face an army, he's going to come tell me in a dream. He's going to tell me, and he's going to tell you. Because if you want big things from God, you've got to be willing to do little things first. God does the big things. We do the little things. What we did, it, it didn't really take away from us. It was God watching to see if he gave us something and we could have used it, but we didn't. We did what God said to do. See, that's, what, that's all God's about, obedience. That, that, that just moves God. It just moves God. And that's the way faith works. It's obedience. It's saying, God, I don't know how the heck this is going to happen, but I'm going to do what you told me, and then I'm going to watch and see what you do. That's what Gideon did. He, he got them all together. Then he said, listen. Now I know we can do it. Get up, for the Lord has given the Midianite camp into our hands. He divided them into three units. He gave them, this is all they had. This is all they had. They had ram's, horn, ram's horns for trumpets, empty jars, and torches in the jars. And they were 100, 100, and 100, and they circled all of that camp. And he said, look at me and do what I do. Watch, and when I come to the perimeter of the camp, do as I do. When I and all who are with me blow the horn, then you blow the horns all around the camp and shout, for the Lord, and in the New King James it says, the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. Why did he use his own name? Because he had to be in this. God wasn't coming down until he moved. But you know who really defeated the enemy? Everybody say, the battle's the Lord's. They didn't defeat the enemy. 
what are you going to do with a bunch of broken jars, a torch, and 300 men against all those people? It says, so Gideon and the hundred went with him to the edge of the camp. They blew the horns, smashed the jars in their hands, and the three combat units blew the horns and broke the jars. They held the torches in their left hands and the horns for blowing in their right hands, and they yelled, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And then every man stood in his place all around the camp. But the men of the camp ran, shouted, and fled. They blew 300 horns, and the Lord turned every man's sword against his fellow man in the camp. Who did the job? The Lord. But he did it because Gideon obeyed him. You say, how does that work? I have no idea. I have no idea. But it, it'll work the same for you in the situations where you need breakthrough. You need breakthrough from drugs, you need breakthrough from alcohol, you need breakthrough in your finances, you need breakthrough for your children. I believe God will say the same thing to you that he said to Gideon, oh, you mighty man of valor, oh, you believer, you believe in me, you, you, then you do what I tell you to do. And the thing he tells you to do may be the weirdest thing of all. I experienced this, and I'm going to close with this. Um, you know, it says in 2 Corinthians 10 that we have weapons, but our weapons are spiritual weapons, and therefore the pulling down of strongholds. But if you read verse 6 of that, could you put that up for me, Vicki? It's 2 Corinthians 10, yeah. Uh, it says in verse 6, after you have become fully obedient. Everybody say fully obedient. Now, it says that we can pull down strongholds with the weapons that God's given us spiritually, but... This scripture God gave me once in a situation that I was in because I was quoting three through five. Can you put three through five up first? Uh, I mean, again, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Verse 5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. After you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who is disobedient. In other words, our obedience is the key to pulling down strongholds in situations. I, you may not know what the enemy is trying to do in a situation to hold back your breakthrough. But if you begin to say to God, I am going to walk this out by faith and not by sight. I'm no longer going to say what I see. I'm going to say what you say. Because that's the key. Gideon began to say what God said. He, he changed. He, he, you know, through those two chapters, he changed. Um, I don't know how God works, but I know if you obey God, that God will show himself mighty on your behalf. Uh, when we were in Florida, and most of you know, we, we've been looking at, a, we've been believing, standing for a building that we believe. My husband has a word from the Lord that this building would be our building. Looks impossible. Everybody say, looks impossible. And, uh, and when, when we first heard this, uh, the congregation in the church was bigger than it is now. And uh, when things were, were not the same and there were fewer people here, I said to God, well, you know, we, we, how are we going to do it? And, and other people have said it to us. Well, well, how would you ever get that building? I mean, you got you to gotta, gotta grow the church. You got you to gotta get more money. You got to everybody. How many of you know everybody has an answer for how you got to do? You know, that's that human reasoning. And I felt like God said, I don't need anybody but you and Bill if I want to get the building. 
I can do it any way I want to do it. I don't even need you. I'm thinking, oh, that's true. God doesn't like it when you say, well, we got to have this and we got to have that. We got, we got to get this and we got to get that. We can't do this if we, because God doesn't think like we think. And so we were in Florida, and uh, the man who owns that building supernaturally has a relationship with my husband. I mean, he loves my husband. Uh, and, and I've never met him. But on this trip, um, it, it, but last October when he went to Florida, he said to my husband, um, if you can come down to Florida, would you come and see me and bring your wife? Well, we weren't planning to go to Florida. But somebody said, hey, we want you to go to Florida. And do you know we were 20 minutes from his place? That's all. My husband calls him. Oh, he says, you're here. Come for lunch. Now, you know, he's very wealthy. He's Jewish. Very wealthy man. Uh, he, his offices are in Manhattan. He, he owns lots of things besides this building. Um, and so Bill and I prayed about going. And, and so um, I was a little nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, and I do better, you know, uh, with people like y'all. When you get me with that real, real wealthy, really, 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 you got to go to the whatever floor of the whatever to see them, you know. And, um, but the good news was the people who let us go down there put us on that top floor of the building we were in. I thought, well, bless God, I've already seen some of this. And I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with it, you know. Uh, and so we, we went to this building. We go up to the 10th floor. We go in. And I, I walk in and I see him. And he's, he, he's going to be 95. Uh, he just, well, no, did he just turn 95? Like, he's 94. He's my mother's age. And, and you can tell he's fighting some things physically. And so when I saw him, I walked over and smiled, and he reached out for me. And he hugged me, and he said, you are so beautiful. I thought he's blind, too. <laughs> Dear God, the man's got a sight problem. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I just, I just hugged him. It was like... It was like, I can, all I can say, it was like Jesus would love him. You know, he's a Jewish man. I don't even know him. It had to be supernatural because I just loved him. And uh, I think he could tell it, you know. And uh, so I, I just went over and sat down. <laughs> and he had this other man there from New York and um, a really nice young man. And so Bill sits down on the couch and, and he says, now, um, what do you call the people that you know, like you're, do you have a parish? And, or, or what is it? And Bill said, well, we just call it a congregation. He said, okay, congregation. He said, now, what do they call you? Are you a reverend or a, uh, you know, what are you? How, you know, I have a rabbi. What? And when Bill went to New York, I don't know if any of this was discussed, but this, uh, instantly God said to me, this is a spiritual meeting. This isn't about a building. It's a spiritual meeting. Now, we'd like to know about the building, but it was like God said, don't be concerned about the building. I'm taking care of the building. This is a spiritual meeting. And I'm almost in tears. I'm trying not to, you know, get sappy because I'm just so, I'm just so overwhelmed by, by the Spirit of God, you know. And so my husband says, well, some of them just call me Bill. He said, that's okay. You just call me Bill. 
And he said, well, do you two, how do you do this? Do you do it together? And Bill, I, Bill's doing all the talking. I'm just. <laughs> and he said, he said, yes. And so he turned around, looked at me, he goes, well, what do they call you? I thought, oh, this is going to sound real silly to a Jewish guy. Pastor Pam. And he goes, Pastor Pam, Pastor Pam. He kept saying it. And I, <laughs> I thought this is a new thing, a new thing for him. And uh, I said, yeah, that's, that's what they call me. Yeah, he did. He laughed. Well, anyway, so then he began to talk. And he said, well, I just have this thing I'm wanting to do. And uh, he said, in, in my, uh, in my uh, what, temple or uh, synagogue, synagogue, the rabbi, you know, the rabbi, uh, it's okay if I share this, isn't it? Because he said, he said to share it. But the rabbi, he said, um, you know, he can't just help people. So, I mean, he can help people, but, you know, it's through the church and stuff. He said, now, this is what I want to do. And he says to Bill, I, I want to give you some money. And, you know, I, I just want it to go to help people. I've worked all my life to make money. No, he didn't say that yet. He just said, I want it to help people. And Bill started to talk about Sudan. And he stopped. He said, that is a wonderful thing you're doing, Bill. I'm really glad you're doing that. But I want to help people here in America. Whirls around, he said, what, would you like to do that? To me. I said, well, immediately. I said, sure. I said, <laughs> I said, I've always had this vision of having a place where I could work with women who are single and, and get them off of welfare and, and help them not just get off welfare, but grow and, and learn the word of God, and like what happened to me. And he said, well, I'm just going to give you this money. But I don't want anybody else saying where it goes. Only you or Ben. And he looked at the man and he said, we're going to write him a check. And I want you to take it back and I want you to keep it. And I want you to tell me if you need more. I said, he said, will you call me? I said, sure. <laughs> I'm not real spirit. I mean, I'm like, yeah. You know, see, this, this is God's, see, and my, my husband and I never mentioned anything about the building. He didn't say anything about the building, but it was like God said, I'm taking care of the building. This is what I want you to do to help this man, because this is what he wants to do. And he looked at the man, and he said, Gabriel, these people, or he said, I've worked all my life to make money. These people, they've given their life to help people. Gabriel said, yeah. I'm sitting there trying not to just fall apart. He said, well, let's have lunch. I said, okay, let's have lunch. Okay, let's have lunch. <laughs> and, and he took us over and he talked about the work, talked about his life, uh, shared with us for a long time. And then at one point he said to me, <laughs> well, where have you two gone to eat? Well, I tell you, we do not eat where he eats. <laughs> We've been down the street to the Greek restaurant, you know, that's just a little place on the road. And then I said, I said to Two Georges, well, Two Georges is just this little place but where people come in from fishing. 
and it's on the intercoastal. And it's just a, a little bar. It's a bar, you know, but it's fine for us, you know. He said, well, I wanted to take you to dinner, but I can't. So this is what I'm going to do. He said, give her, and he gave me money. He said, take him to dinner. And this is where you need to take him, over here. And on Sunday, they have this big brunch, and you go there. It was a champagne breakfast, lunch, I mean, brunch or something. Nice, really nice. But he wanted to do that for us. And so I said to him, he called back that night. He said, did I tell you that you have to go tomorrow? <laughs> because you're only going to be here tomorrow on Sunday. And it was only on Sunday they have a brunch. I said, oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, well, I was thinking about we'd use it for a Valentine thing for, because we had our first date on Valentine's Day. He said, that would be wonderful. You know, it was like he was a friend. I didn't even know him, but Jesus knows him. If we, I believe we're going to have the building, but there's so many more important things to God. Building, he can give you any day. The things that you're thinking about, he can do any day. But when you walk by faith and not by sight, it puts you in a position where it's not about you. It's all about him. And all I can tell you was, that was a spiritual experience for me. I mean, that man, I think about him a lot because God cares about him. And he cares about people. So it's nothing to do with who we are. I mean, how would we ever be connected to some guy in Manhattan? Me and Bill. Y'all know us. We're not Manhattanites. <laughs> this guy knows Trump. You know, like, okay. We drove by where Trump lives, incidentally. Somebody said, what did it look like? I said, a bunch of bushes. You can't see anything. Oh, he waved at Bill. Yeah, he did. He waved at Bill. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. I walk by faith and not by sight. I share that story for this. There's people waiting on you. And those things, you don't know. It may be that you're in trouble with your account at the bank, and you're gonna, they want you to come talk to them. You don't want to go talk to them. But when you go talk to them, it may be a divine appointment. What looks like disaster for you may be the next opportunity that God has for that person. I encourage you, get with God. And don't look at the things of your own life and begin to say, hey, I want to walk by faith and not by sight. It's got to be much better on that side. It is. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person here tonight. And Lord, I've gone over my time, but I, I just want to say this. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, you're missing the best thing you could ever experience. I do know a lot of you, but if there's somebody here who's been walking with God and, and gotten off track, we want to let this be your night to get back on track. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, I really have never given God permission to take over my life. I've never really said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you lift your hand because I'm going to pray with you before you leave tonight. That's the most important thing. The most important decision you'll ever make is to agree with Jesus that he is the Savior of the world and he is your Savior for whatever you need. Is there anybody? How many of you need a breakthrough? Let me see your hands. 
just like God loves that man, Mr. Sachs, and loves other people. God loves you, and he wants you to have that breakthrough tonight. And I'm going to pray for you right where you stand. Put your hands up really high. Now, a believer, look around you and put your hands on those who've got their hands up because breakthrough's coming. Breakthrough's coming. Breakthrough's coming. But it's going to require this thought, God, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. This breakthrough isn't going to come in the natural. It's going to come by the Spirit of God. And in Jesus' name, first of all, I bind the devil. Everybody say this, Lord, forgive me if I've made a wrong turn. I repent. I'm ready to go the right way. I will walk by faith and not by sight. I can't fix it. I don't know how to make it happen. But tonight, I am changing my mind. I am deciding that to walk by faith is the answer. Is the answer I've been seeking. What I've been looking to see happen is not the answer. I need to look to you and walk by faith and not by sight. Use me, God, in my situation to bless somebody else. Let your life be seen in me. Let my light that you have put in me shine. Let it be seen. Let me be your hands. Let me be your feet. I know my breakthrough is coming. I see it by the eye of faith. Let me be somebody else's breakthrough. Let me sow seed for what I need in the life of somebody else. I will walk by faith and not by sight. And I rejoice right now that what I have needed, you have provided. It is mine. This battle is the Lord's and it has already been won by faith i am a winner not a loser i am above and not beneath i have been called for such a time as this and you are my source in jesus name and everybody said amen hallelujah well give god a big hand now will you tell people I walk by faith and not by sight. Turn to that person around you. I'm walking by faith and not by sight.